Welcome to Living in the Past, where two middle-aged dudes relive their past by enjoying the pop culture of their youth. Carl, are you ready to have nightmares where your eyes pop out of your head? Wake up next to Sharon Stone. Hey. Uh, find out Sharon Stone wants to kill you after you discover you're a secret agent. You go to Mars, see a triple-breasted woman, come to find out that you're really an asshole, fight against your old asshole friends, and save Mars, all mm. the while thinking it is just a really weird dream you may wake up from? Ooh. You know, uh, the evil side of a Schwarzenegger's character is Carl Hauser. You know, and I'm Carl Hassler. <laughs> I wake up next to Sharon about every day. <laughs> there she, you go. She, she does indeed want to kill me. Uh, I, I have a I have a double breasted suit. I'm I'm about two thirds of the way there already, Jeremy. You are you are really really close. <laughs> I'm so close. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We're doing. <laughs> 19 not 2011's total recall <laughs> 1990s total recall mm, much better um yeah totally better it's a schwarzenegger classic in my opinion uh just a few items of business we want to thank our patrons uh they do so much to support the show uh you get extra podcasts extra announcements previews to our video work on youtube if you want to you know learn more about the patreon world just hop on over there and search for living in the past podcast uh it's it's pretty pretty cool what we got going on there if you're interested in leaving us a message to let us know how wrong we are you can call in and leave us a voice message at 831-337-8020 uh we do a show called be kind rewind the next episode of that we're going to actually be talking some more Arnold, and we'll be talking his <laughs> top five films Mm -hmm. Carl, when did you uh, first see the good old Total Recall? When was the first time you saw it? I saw it at the theater. You know, so this is, you know, as I yeah. got, you know, in the 80s, I really didn't have a lot of ability to go to these things at the theater as much. So most of those I'm always right. on VHS. But right. this one, I, I believe I was working at a Mexican restaurant with a friend of mine. And, you know, back then they had midnight movies. And so the there day it go. came out. We got all. We did our shift at work, and then we we got through with work. Went to the midnight movie, and just was like had heard it had been hyped up a lot, and so I almost yeah, want to really say bad. the budget had been so huge. In my mind, I it, I was like a hundred million. I looked. I think it's like sixty million. I think True Lies was the first hundred million dollar budget, but right. it was like they were worried it was not going to even make money because they had spent so much on it. And right, just right. went at midnight and, and loved it. So that's my memory of Total Recall. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, it was a situation for me where my dad had seen it. And um, he was like, you have to see it. And I, I was at this at this point, I was reading like the premiere magazines and picking up, you know, I think there was a magazine called Movie Line. I would grab those magazines. So I I was reading about um the film I was like you, I had, I had read about the budget being like astronomical. Um, mm -hmm. I was a pretty big fan of Arnold's movies at this point. I, I really had not right. seen anything I disliked at that point. Uh, I hadn't seen, um, what was it? Hercules in New York or whatever it was called. Like I hadn't seen <laughs> yeah. that yet. Um, so I was, I was pretty, you know, amped about it and, and went to go mm -hmm. see it with some friends and, 
man, I freaking loved the movie. I thought it was great. Yep, yep. And um, I just, uh, I, it's, it's in a weird spot just within the world of film because it's almost, Carl, I don't know about you. It feels like a, a bridge film when you look at like special effects. Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, it's like one of these last like practical effects. Like there's a shot in the movie Mm -hmm. of like a train, um, you know, traveling across through Mars. It's all miniature work, uh, but they kind of put like Mm -hmm. kind of the video of Arnold looking out the window. It's just really well done. And most Mm -hmm. there's a few moments where I'm like, ah, come on. But like for the most part. Yeah. It still holds up. I mean, what about you? Do you feel like mm-hmm. when it comes to special effects, do you feel like even though it is sort of a of a bygone era, it, it still holds up pretty well? Yeah, and like you say, it's sort of a bridge. And then I, I think about Terminator Two, kind of not too far after that, that it's it's again like a bridge. It's like very those movies are similar in a science fiction sort of way, right? But very different in a visual presentation and then some of the special effects even were very practical and a lot of times in your face with the uh the blood and and things but also just some of the things like the one that stands out to me that sort of was like wow at the theater and even i was watching it the other day it happened to be on tv and sharon was sitting there with me she had never seen it and it's like when he is in the disguise of the lady and the yeah trying to get through customs on mars and the face starts just like malfunctioning and glitching and and then it, they do it where it separates and comes off his yeah. head and come and it goes back together. Uh, was a really cool effect for me too at that time. So, like you said, it, it it's not as high tech as you know, not too much later Terminator Two, which same star, and you kind of compare right. the two, but still very enjoyable and still was you know very brought in. The effects were a big part of the movie. I mean, you know, yeah. the story is a good part, and the effects are a big part of the movie as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting because this film, I do, I agree. Like, story's really compelling. And mm-hmm. this movie was batted around a good bit. I mean, people were talking about Total Recall in the early 1980s. Uh, there were scripts written. Uh, you know, different producers had the rights to it. And it just kind of kept uh, being passed around for different reasons. And it finally... You know, um, Carloco Pictures finally got a hold of it, and then you attach a director who we've done a film of before on this show. It's actually our most listened to show, and it's Paul Verhoeven's mm-hmm. RoboCop. Um, so mm-hmm. here's a, here's a, another one of his films, and you know, it's interesting. We've done RoboCop. We're now doing Total Recall. Verhoeven has done things like Basic Instinct, Starship Troopers, which I love. He's also done mm-hmm. like Showgirls and Hollow Man. I don't know how to, and he's done other things. I'm not <laughs> saying that's all he's done, right. but like I don't, right? I don't know how to um, pin him. I don't know how to like define mm-hmm. him. Like, what are your, from what you've seen of his, like. Right. What are your thoughts on Verhoeven as a director? I think he's a very good director. I wouldn't put him like in the great elite category. Right. But I'd say he's very good. And part of it is, you know, you mentioned RoboCop and there's things in RoboCop that are similar uh, to Total Recall as far as, you know, when they're shooting people in either one of those movies, it's like 
blood's flying. It's it, yeah, it looks ultra violent. It, it's not man. tame, right? Yeah. And you're like, ooh, and it, it, it kind of you know sometimes it brings that violence home where you know in old westerns maybe you never saw it or there's a little blood circle under the clothes where this stuff right. is popping out. And yeah. you know I think of that scene in RoboCop in the boardroom, oh, I was, yeah. in where the malfunctions and then that guy's yeah. like you could feel the fear on that guy. Like, Oh no, I'm this, and he tries to get into the, to the rest of the group. And they're just like, Nope, you're on your own. Yeah. We're not, you yeah. know, don't get over here. Cause yeah. we're going to get taken out as collateral, but it felt real. It felt, I, you know, it, it brought you more into it. And I feel a lot of that in total recall too. Like when he's going up the escalator and people oh, are just yeah. getting shot and he's using one guy as a shield and just chunks him as a, so you know, sad. something later. Yeah. It's like, you feel, you don't feel good it's almost it's comical in a way because it's so ridiculous but it also makes you feel like oh this that's that is not good i wouldn't want to be yeah. that person that there's no remorse there's just very i don't know it's just so raw that you right. it, it, it kind of makes maybe makes you have a pause about the violence in movies where you may not even others because it was so uh tame yeah what it's you, weird say, yeah it, it's it's um his films whether it is sexual or violent mm -hmm. or he doesn't hold back. Like he goes all in. Right. Um, it's everything's ultra. Right. And yet mm -hmm. in saying all of that, he has an ability to take scripts and turn them into stories that almost are like satire. Like, you remember, like, with mm -hmm. RoboCop, it's like he's making fun of just kind of like the corporate world and yep. and how corporations function and work and, like, the lack of care for mm -hmm. humanity. It's more about profit. Mm -hmm. And then you see... Right. All you those see, commercials. Yeah. The, I'll buy that for I'll a dollar. I'll buy that for a dollar, know? guy. Yeah, yeah. All those. Yeah. So you get that. You get... You know, Starship Troopers, I think, is one of the more, yes, it's fun on its own. On a surface level, you go to the theater, and we might have even seen that together, Carl. I can't quite remember, but I think we saw Starship Troopers together, but I'm not. Because that was around the have. time we were hanging out. It was 97. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. But, like, with Starship Troopers, it was, it, it was a film that is, like, on one level, it's like you feel like it's this action film, and... Mm -hmm. You kind of take a step back or maybe you look a little bit deeper and you realize he's making fun of everything. And he's making fun of specifically, in my opinion, like the United States and right. how we're like a step away from fascism. Like that's kind of what he's. And so mm -hmm. I find all of his movies and, and I think Total Recall does this as well as there's built within the story. There's sort of a, a satirical kind of edge to it. And he's he's constantly mm -hmm. poking fun at things. And I don't know many directors that are able to consistently do that well at this time in film history, like the, the 80s mm -hmm. into the into the 90s. I don't know. I, I appreciate him for that. And I think he's um, if you're studying like film history, I think he's a guy that you need to be aware of at this time period. I don't know. What do you think? Mm hmm. Yeah, I just looked it up because I almost thought he was German, but he's Dutch, but he was born in yeah. 38. So all that fascist yeah. stuff is really, right. you know, because there's a lot of, there's, especially in RoboCop 2, which was he right. involved with that? I can't remember, but there's he a lot of involved, the military, yeah. the police look to it as very um, Nazi, you know, right. 
resembling and, and stuff. So it's, um, he, he does, he did do that a lot and it was yeah. maybe over the top to a degree, but it, Again, and that's why maybe some people overlook it and don't take it as seriously as what he's intending. But you can see where right. he would come from that being right. where he was born and what time period he was born in. He was in he was living really in the aftermath of a lot of that. But right, right, I'm sure, right. you know, he, I'm sure he had a very rough life in the in the early years of his, his life as well. Exactly. Yeah, he 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 wasn't involved with um, Robocop 2. Frank Miller was okay. obviously wrote the screenplay comic book writer mm-hmm. and it was directed by yeah. Irving Kirshner of Empire Strikes Back. Um, but yeah, oh, okay. back to Veroven, like he's mm-hmm. interesting. I, I, I never feel like the things that he's working on are not interesting. Even like, you know, people were like trashing his kind of like sexually explicit films with like basic instinct and showgirls. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it always seems like he, he's doing a joke that no one else gets. And then later, <laughs> yeah. years later, people start to get the joke and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's a little more clever yeah. than I thought. You know, it's it's interesting that um, that's the type of filmmaker he is. You know, this is an Arnold movie, though, and we'll we'll talk mm-hmm. later in the next segment just about casting. But does Arnold work for you in this role? Like, is he for me? I feel like he's at the height of his powers um for mm-hmm. you where yeah. where where do you land on Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall is he does he work um would you have preferred someone else and we'll talk more about that later but I'm just curious just a real brief mm-hmm. um insight into what you think he works he works for me and yeah. whether or not somebody could be better we'll talk like I said, we'll talk about it later he works for me because it is there is a there is a serious story at the underneath this that yeah. is, and it's also thought provoking, but then there's also some campiness to it as well. And that kind right, of embodies right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, yeah. he is, when you're thinking about who could replace him, you know, the first question for me was, do you have to have somebody as large physically imposing as Arnold Schwarzenegger right. to play this role? Right. Um, but then he, he also does, you know, he has his famous Arnold quips that he likes to sort of do with these. Uh, and yeah. so he's kind of like, he, he almost embodies what the movie is itself. It's like in some levels you look at it and it's very serious looking and can be intimidating. And then other ways it's like, well, it's kind of light and fun too. Um, right. So I, I think he really works in the movie. It's, it's hard to pull off. You know, some people are super serious. Some are, some are going to be more funny. It's hard to sort of bridge that gap. So I right. think he does work. Right. It's interesting. This was a Philip K. Dick story. Um, Mm -hmm. There was in the development of the film Total Recall, when Total Recall was completed, there was discussions in Hollywood that it would be a sequel. Uh, The sequel would have been what they were going to do. And this is kind of amazing to think about. They were going to take some of the story elements of Minority Report that Steven Spielberg oh, later okay. makes with Tom Cruise. Right. And that was actually mm-hmm. going to be the sequel uh, to Total Recall with with Arnold. Oh, OK. Um, and so. Right. Uh, I find that. And so that answers some questions. Is it a dream? Is it a real? Is, is it real? Because they mm-hmm. obviously they were thinking of a sequel. Um, but man, right. what a, what an interesting idea that take the, the elements of the story. It wouldn't have been identical. Mm-hmm. But take some of those ideas mm-hmm. of Minority Report, and that would have been the sequel. I, I was already in 1990, walking out of that theater. I was very much ready to see a sequel with with those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What about you? Do you feel like 
Total Recall should just stand on its own. You don't need a series of films that like it works best and is most mm-hmm. effective by itself. Or do you feel like, no, this could have been a, a really good and interesting franchise? Um, I think the world is interesting. And so it could be an interesting franchise, but right. the thing that you come away with that you like about Total Recall is the fact that it, is leaves a question in the air and like you right. said if you make a sequel then you answer that question so yeah i would say that um that i, I would rather not have one but just think what you could do with the world of philip k dick and um yeah. you're gonna kill me you're gonna kill me what's um blade runner okay i almost I almost couldn't think of blade yeah, runner blade you know runner. what if what if you worked in blade runner <laughs> right with minority report and total recall and just had sort right. of this trilogy or even more um, don't bring in paycheck with Ben Affleck. But other than that, you know, if you sort of wove those in to a world that could really build upon itself and get deep. So that would be interesting. I mean, I, I would get over the fact they answered the question that we're supposed to sort of always ponder right. and never sort of come to a conclusion about, but right. it would be interesting to see kind of all those, those uh, kind of a thread going through all those movies together. Yeah, it's interesting. We we're not going to really talk about the 2011 version with Colin Farrell, and and what's interesting is like, you know, they have a good cast and everything, but it just doesn't work. And mm-hmm. and that's what makes me sort of like, uh, personally, I'm kind of amazed with the 90 Total Recall. Is it just like mm-hmm. the cast works, the yep. the direction is wonderful, the satire is funny, uh, there's mm-hmm. great bits of humor, the action is really stellar. It's just a weird funky world that they develop and it's memorable and you have Mm -hmm. probably even a bigger budget probably top to bottom a more polished production and that 2011 just doesn't work and so it it Mm -hmm. really i really think that this 1990 total recall is just one of those special films of like the late 80s early 90s that um right I don't know that you just you just can't uh, overlook. And I think that's worth it's one of the reasons why we're revisiting it on the show. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we have three big questions that we have about this movie. Total Recall. So we'll be right back. Three big questions. Three, two, one. All right, Carl. So we have some questions that we need to we need to ask and try to figure out the answer to. We hinted at this mm-hmm. in the opening segment um, about the casting. Uh, obviously, right. we have Co- Colin Farrell in the 2011 version. Um, mm-hmm. There was some interesting casting choices in this 1990 version. And one of the choices mm-hmm. that they were close to going, they, it was getting ready to be made with this sp- specific actor in mind. It was Patrick mm-hmm. Swayze. He was originally going to be the lead in Total Recall. And right. um, I don't know. There's something about, I, I guess if you could throw darts and start to pick apart the 1990 Total Recall it could end up with Arnold Schwarzenegger and you hinted at it earlier, his physicality, such a big muscular guy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You wonder if the story would have been served better because at one point it was like, he was kind of a nerdy businessman and not, yeah. not looking like he could kick mm-hmm. everyone's butt. 
And so you wonder, mm-hmm. is there's like my my question is. I'm not saying Arnold should not be. I'm not saying 1990 Total Recall shouldn't have existed. It should. But would there have been a casting choice that would have been more compelling? And you see that right around the same time in Die Hard when they cast Bruce Willis as the action yeah. hero, where you have mm-hmm. the the Stallones and the Schwarzeneggers and the muscle-bound guys and all these others, and then you bring in kind of a regular guy into the story in Die Hard I right. wonder if that would have made it more effective in in this total recall. What do you think? It's tough. I mean, when you uh, you know, it's an interesting question and I like it and and I do like Colin Farrell was not a bad uh <laughs> choice to play that role. It just movie didn't right. do well, you know. Right, right. Um they it was missing something because it didn't have that question. It was just sort of more of just if you were not who you thought you were, what would you do? And right. that left a whole lot of other stuff out. So somebody of that size was not a, a bad character. But then again, it's like I was kind of looking at some of the people who were around that time. And it's like, yeah. you know, some of the some of the best like De Niro and Pacino. To me, they would they would almost be too serious to take that kind of right. role. You know, right, right, uh, right. I could see them physically doing it, but I don't know if they would yeah. get into the humor part of it. And right. Right. You know, Mel, G- Mel Gibson around that time, maybe, you know, if Been you take, great. take him yeah. from Lethal Weapon. Um, now I did notice in the rewatch, especially how comical they ran through, like when the, the chase scenes on foot, it's like, yes, they were, their arms were flailing and they were almost <laughs> like, they looked like they were on treadmills to a degree and probably yes, cause they had yes. a limited amount of space on a set. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, but Tom Cruise, <laughs> Tom Cruise could have fixed any running scene they had. So maybe <laughs> Tom Cruise, but, um, that's a good pick, but yeah. you know, you, you think, Harrison Ford do it? I don't know. I mean, I like him more as like Indiana Jones and Han Solo, where he's right. he's really not as tough as he appears to be, but things still work out for him because he's clever. Um, but um, I did, you know, Rutger Howard kind of he had he has a yeah he has a physique and a face that's like you don't mess with that guy. But on the other hand, I think right. he could also pull off the lighter parts too. So those are just that's some names that man. even came to mind. Um, you know, that I thought of. So I don't, you know, and even, you know, unfortunately we didn't have as many minority leads as that time, but you get Danny Glover or or Carl Weathers. I mean, you know, Danny Glover, maybe more Carl Weathers is, is more of the Arnold type build, but you know, Danny Glover could be something like that. So those are some, the ones I thought of, I did, you know, Rucker Howard is probably the one that I I said, well, if I really had to replace it, I'd probably land on him. Yeah. But uh, what do you think? Well, if there wasn't a diehard Bruce Willis, like I could see him like that kind of <laughs> confused, like what's going on. I, I think one of the things we forget yeah. about Willis is how like mm-hmm. talented he was. Like he, you know, he's yeah. just this really, really, ra- he has a lot of range in the action genre that he could pull off where he's, mm-hmm. you could believe him as someone that can fight, but you can also believe him as someone that's confused and a little bit more meek. Um, Right. I would say Swayze wouldn't have been a bad choice either. Like, I think he could have done it. But uh, mm-hmm. I would say if it, if I had to, like, really pick, it would have been between uh, a Bruce Willis type or Mel Gibson. Uh, I think those two okay. I would really have loved to see in that, that role. Um, I think it would have mm-hmm. been a lot of fun. Uh, so that that's that's my questions. Those of you listening, like, chime in. Let us know. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and blah, 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 blah. All right, so, uh, Carl, <laughs> oh, you have a question. What's your yeah. question? Well, we've, we've danced all around it, and it's yes. to me, it's almost 
the biggest part of the movie is right. as, as great as the action is and as intriguing as the story is and all the little parts they bring in, we still keep questioning, did this movie really happen or is he in some sort of like catatonic state in a hospital having right. like a lobotomy because it's all uh -huh. been a dream? So right, where right. do you come down? Is it did it is it really happen or is it a dream? I I lean toward it, it really happens. Um, mm -hmm. Although, man, you can make some strong, strong arguments um, that that's mm -hmm. not the case. Um, right. I think things like, I, I guess for me is just like, oh, what would be reality for me like why i would think it was real would be like the mm -hmm. guy sweating when he comes to try to yeah. tell tell him it's not yeah. it's all a dream um right i think there's like scene. the mo moment in the quarry where arnold's like working in the with the you know the the drill or whatever and um mm -hmm. they're the actors around him are kind of giving him double takes with what he's talking about like they're worried and concerned um, mm -hmm. although that you could argue that's part of the dream. Um, uh, but I, right. I think the big, the biggest one for me is the, the moment where they're like, well, we haven't even implanted anything yet. Like mm -hmm. we haven't implanted the, the recall the scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. He's, he's acting out. And I think for me, it's so much hinges on that, that line mm -hmm. in that moment. Um, right. And so, but again, you could make the argument like that. No, they did. This is part of it, you know? So <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah. know, but I do, I do think like the, the premise is really interesting, especially today. Um, mm -hmm. we're working on a video right now for living in the past YouTube channel about the abyss and how like it, it holds up and it seems very interesting today, the movie, the abyss, because you have like, UAP submersibles, you have like all this stuff going on out, especially down in like where I'm at, like south of me in the ocean around like San Diego mm -hmm. and LA, you have all these like sightings and things that are flying that are in the air going in the water. And the business like, there's like this idea of like, oh, this is pretty like compelling stuff because we're still thinking about this stuff today. And obviously there's the threat yeah. of, um, you know, a nuclear holocaust with what's going on with, you know, Ukraine and Russia. So it mm -hmm. very much feels like, even though that film is, is um, you know, 30 years old, it, it still feels accessible. I feel mm -hmm. the same way about Total Recall. Like, people are talking about, like, this is all a simulation. This isn't mm -hmm. real. There's multiple dimensions. There's like, And so people are, like, seriously talking about this stuff. And so right. I find this 1990 version of Total Recall really compelling of, like, well, what's mm -hmm. real? and what's imagined or like is our dreams a gateway to a reality? I mean, it's just really interesting stuff. It feels right. very deeply science fiction, you know, like mm -hmm. it feels right. like we're, these are things that we'll be talking about for a while. And there's some like pretty well researched and brilliant scientists that, that think we are in a simulation. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> I love it. I love this. I, I think it's it's super compelling. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons why the movie holds up, and I just watched it uh, on a, uh, I got for Christmas, I got a 4K player. Um, and I got Total Recall. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I watched all the extras and then, of course, watched the movie in glorious 4K. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first things I thought about when the movie ended. It was like, wow, this film still feels like 
accessible. Like it's stuff that yeah. we're still thinking about today. I don't know. Uh, what do you think about mm-hmm. all that? Yeah, Dream, I mean, it's reality. What do you think? Well, to the point of like things that are going on today, you know, yeah, that stuff looked crazy, but it's you know we've got we've got cars that drive themselves, like the Johnny yeah. Cab. I mean, yes. do you think it's better to have like no driver or the robotic, you know, f- creepy looking driver if you're going to be in a in a uh, you know, autonomous car? Which, which one do you prefer? I, I tend to like being alone, um, but <laughs> okay. there's something like there's something really funny and fun and mm-hmm. like interesting if I have like a, a Johnny driving me around. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I, I'd, what if we? What if we combined it? Okay, you're already there. So what if we even made it better? What if we combined it with like a game show and they asked questions as he was driving oh. you to your stop for possibly a free ride? And you could have a Johnny Cash Cab. And oh, so, you know, yes. I love that. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, that would be glorious. Um, that would be glorious. We haven't gotten to Mars yet, though. But all that other some of that other stuff was, was you know, it is things we're seeing happen now and people right. are getting into. We're kind of at these initial stages and steps of VR, you know. Right. They're trying to do metaverse. It's it seems right. to be struggling, but you know, that's, that's going to ha- you know, those things are, it's only going to keep trying until they find a successful uh, recipe for it. But as far as it being real or not, I, you know, I always go back and forth and I think I, at first I wanted it to be real. And, right. but then the more I've watched it, it's like, you know, like you say, they, once he's in the, they go, we haven't put a simulation in. Like you said, that could have been part of his spy agent program that they were doing. Yeah. But the thing that gets me is the stuff before, because they, they show him a, the hey what kind of woman are you into this you know pick right. one and he's kind of groggy and like the actual woman that he meets is on that picture so how how would they know yeah. why right. would that be in his, in their right. catalog if, and and then the one that got me it's like something i didn't notice the first time watching but on a rewatch where the guy in the background they're like okay we're gonna put, upload this number or what 82 or whatever it is and he's like oh blue sky on mars that's a new one and walks off yes. and so and it's in the background and he's blurry and it's like you know they mentioned the things before he got really into happened. the thing to yeah. me so i had to come down to it was a dream he's he's lobotomized yeah. in a psychiatric institution somewhere yeah and i think you could make that probably a, a, a little bit of a stronger argument for that i you know mm. where they basically say, here's what the movie's what's going to happen in the movie. Like, here's, mm-hmm. here's the whole thing. Like, and they tell you <laughs> what's going to happen. Yeah. It's brilliant right. because, because it's like, it, they almost, it's like they ruin the movie for you, but you're, you <laughs> don't believe it. It's not going to be, it's, it's going to play out differently. Arnold's in, you know, he's right. autonomous. He's, he's, this is real. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this, yeah. I think it's one of the things that makes Total Recall 1990 so, um, delightful mm-hmm. brilliant even but also one that you could you know you could go back and rewatch over and over again and it's it's it, that that conversation is so much fun to have with people especially when they watch it for the first time um so all right here's here's big question number three and, and we'll get a little more um shall i say kind of human or um heart themed but one of the big themes of the movie is mm-hmm. how like Arnold's character was once this horrible person that was like he was in cahoots with a villain. He worked with a villain, but his new self changes and decides not to be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That that's an interesting theme for me. But I, I'm curious about for you, Carl. Do you find that theme mm-hmm. compelling? That idea of like kind of 
doing a 180 on who you are? And second, did Total Recall need to explore that a little bit more? Um, it felt to me when I watched it kind of an afterthought. I don't know. What, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I do find that compelling because I, most people, uh, I know I do, it, it, everybody has some sort of regret in their life probably. Right. You know, like the one thing, if I could do one thing differently, I was listening to a radio show. That was one of the questions. If, you know, is there one decision in your life that you could right. like to go back? You know, just kind of a question people were tossing around. So, you know, that is kind of compelling. And, you know, a lot of times, and it's done in some movies, it's done real well. You see somebody who just gets in a circumstance. Now, Carl Hauser, we don't necessarily see that way. We don't know, but it's like sometimes people find themselves in a situation like, how did I get here? You know, it's, mm. it's, it's a big, right. you know, like, you know, and, and if I could do something over. So the character himself, I don't think wouldn't want to change. Right. But then that's another thing that spins off of that kind of thought process for me is, okay, is, are these actually the same person? You know, you're a, you're a different person. So really it's a fight of life and death between Hauser and Quaid, because right. even though they are in the same body, they're not the same person. Right, and right. Um, so you're really an experience of your, your existence is really your experiences and memories, not your physical body too. So that's kind of a more philosophical question. And I, right. maybe they didn't go into it and maybe it's an afterthought because it, that particular character doesn't wouldn't want to change. And Quaid is such a different right. person. He wouldn't want to go back to being that person. So right. um, do you think it was, do you, do you think it needed to be explored more? I, I think they had an opportunity for some more drama. I, I think mm -hmm. uh, there was enough. Don't get me wrong. But like, I think where <laughs> you remember where they, in the, in the film, they put, uh, is it Molina? They put Molina and him in the, mm -hmm. in the chairs to kind of like, just right. basically er erase their minds and it would have been interesting mm -hmm. if like they got partway through the process with him where he could access okay. who he used to be both and who he is currently mm -hmm. and there's that kind of angel and devil on your shoulder as he kind of like moves yeah. forward like what like what do i do i can i almost can see both um people right. in my own mind and i think that would have been an opportunity for some really it would have caused stress and tension in a good way on an audience knowing like what is he going to choose and maybe in that last like final push in the in the last act of the film there's kind of this going back and forth in, with his actions i think that would have been really really compelling but they basically say i like that. you're a jerk you're no longer a jerk we're going to erase your mind make you a jerk again and it doesn't work and he's still mm -hmm. good and then he wins out because he's good and and it's just like <laughs> I, I would have loved to have seen that 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 tension, but uh, I think if you go back to the conceit, the conceit that this might all be a dream, and he's in recall, like then mm. it doesn't really matter, right? He he's he's, <laughs> he's going to be the superhero, the 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 winner. Um, yeah, but I I really felt like there was some <clears throat> dramatic soil to till in that in that idea, like um, of making a conscious decision of I'm going to leave this person and become the person, this new person. Um, I think there's a, mm -hmm. I think as humans, we wrestle with that all the time where we, yeah. Um, we see actions that we've taken in our past and we think to ourselves, well, I don't want to do that again. I want to be this type of person. And I think total recall mm -hmm. as 
I think it's a classic. I love it. It's a, a favorite of mine. And so I don't want to mm-hmm. like crap on the movie, but I, I really feel like that theme could have been explored. And I think it could have taken it to even greater heights as a science fiction uh, film, but, but that's just me. I mean, some people wanted to see Arnold like uh, rip off Michael Ironside's arms in the elevator, you know, like they would like <laughs> get to that, get to that violence. Yeah. Um, mm. Let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll do, there can be only one. There can be only one. All right, Carl, what's the single best thing? It could be a character moment, scene, line, theme. It could be a song about the movie Total Recall. What's the best thing for you? What's, what's there can be only one? For, for me, and we almost overdid it, talked about it at the very opening. It's, yeah. it's actually the effects of it. Right. Um, right. You know, that's, you know, when if somebody mentioned total recall and I had seen them all before I actually, maybe the first thing I asked myself is, is it a dream or is it real? But then the second thing I'm going to remember is like him pulling that bug out of his nose, out of his brain, through yeah. his nose. Uh, yeah. You know, the, uh, the, the lady, the disguise he wore going through customs, yeah. you know, people getting shot up on the elevator, just, just ripped apart. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> gruesome. You the know, it's just a X-ray lot of, machine. you know, x-ray machine. Yeah. yeah. The, but at the very end where he's about to, you know, explode because of the pressure on Mars and everything. <laughs> so, you know, the, the bug in the eyes out, that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, and it is, it's it, sometimes people, I think wrote romanticized practical effects too much, like right, in right. star, the case of star Wars and stuff. I, I'm, I'm all about digital computerized special effects, but if you do them well, if you do practical effects, well, you know, they're, they're great too. And I think this is a, a, a Maybe they were kind of at the height of their game with practical effects, and and we don't see it as much, and that's why maybe people can't do it as well without using digital stuff. But you know, they did a really good job with this, the effects in this movie, which made the movie feel more real. So I had to say it's it's the special effects. Yeah, I would, I could totally see that and and agree with it. I I think what they do in Total Recall effects wise is it's kind of like the last gasp of a certain era, and then you know we have. Right, right before this film came out, the abyss came out, and you have the the computer generated tentacle, uh, water tentacle, mm-hmm. which which really started moving things along. And then uh, the next year, you have Arnold's in T two, and then you have the mm-hmm. uh, the T one thousand and the effects done with that liquid, the liquid metal kind of stuff. And and so there's this movement. And then of course by ninety three, we have Jurassic Park. So it's like the one of the last big budget and it was a huge budget um big mm-hmm. effects extravaganzas that really relied on model work um a lot of makeup effects that were really like yeah you could tell it's a little weird but like yeah it's still pretty effective and like mm-hmm. i love it i mean i think that kind of gives it its <laughs> It's shine is is because it feels like it's this other era and it's excellently done. It, it really is. Um, so yeah, that that that's um, I think that's even a reason to watch it is just to look at yeah. all the stuff they did. Uh, it's truly amazing. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I I'm gonna have to go with the cast. I, you know, when you watch Total Recall, it's one of those films that you have Arnold as, as the lead. And, you know, of course he's, 
very much a larger than life personality, but like when you go down the cast list, I mean, Sharon Stone, um, mm-hmm. her performance is, is really what leads Verhoeven to like cast her in, um, uh, basic instinct. And she becomes this mega star because of that. But you have, uh, Rachel, uh, Ticotin, who plays Melina. You have Ronnie Cox, who is a wonderful mm-hmm. villain. Of course, yeah. Michael Ironside. I mean, you have in many ways a who's who of character actors uh and and people that will that will be big stars and they work so well together and there's mm-hmm. subtle things in their performances that really works i think we see the fight between uh lori who was sharon stone and melina like that fight that they have near the elevator mm-hmm. is one of the first like fights between women that's not like a cat fight like where they're right, just kind of yeah. they're both trained martial artists that are like going at it mm-hmm. um it felt in some ways like groundbreaking in that sense where it really treated women a certain way um right and i really appreciate that and so for me it's just the cast there's so many memorable people um I mean, it truly is like every character you know how when you watch a movie and it's telling sort of multiple story threads or they're mo- like character arcs there's some characters that you're like ah, i don't care about that i want to get back to the main guy or i want to get back to this character right um mm-hmm. I, it didn't matter who was on screen i was interested and I think that's a test, a testament to just how good all the the cast is in Total Recall, and it it's super mm-hmm. memorable. I mean, I mean, whether you're a little person prostitute that's carrying a machine gun, <laughs> or you have a face on your stomach of another creature, um, every yeah. character was unique and weird and interesting, and and uh, I, I love absolutely love total recall for that and and i would say a little honorable mention it, and it sort of goes with the effects that you mentioned carl but it would be the set design mm-hmm. yeah um venus town like uh, like having hilt the hilton hotel um mm-hmm. these dome play like all this stuff the the environments that the actors are are engaging with i really feel like that's, that's some really memorable stuff so um cast but then Honorable mention set design. Uh, anything else yeah. for you? Um, in some of the notes you had said, and kind of tying on what you said, the set design, you yeah. know, this was originally supposed to be a Dino De Laurentiis yeah. production. And yeah. when I think about that, I think of two things. I think of a Flash Gordon and I think yes. of uh, uh, Dune. And so yeah. those have a very, those sets are very almost like they're on a Broadway stage. You could tell right. it's a stage. Right. right. And I just kind of wonder if they had, gone all the way through with it how much would it have been successful would it have looked as good i don't think so right so uh, i'm glad it it went the direction it did yeah absolutely absolutely well that that about wraps it up for this episode of living in the past you can find us on twitter at live in the past uh you can find us on patreon uh for extra goodies from the living in the past podcast and youtube channel and you can just go to patreon.com forward slash living in the past l-i-b-i-n i in the past uh we got be kind rewind coming up in about a week where we're going to be still discussing 
good old Arnie and talking mainly about the top five films he's in. Uh, you could bounce over to our YouTube channel. Just type in Living in the Past podcast in your search engine on YouTube. And we have a video out right now about Silverado being the best Western that no one talks about. Uh, hop over there and subscribe. And we got more content coming. Uh, we have an episode on the Abyss uh, coming out in uh, the next. By the time this episode drops, it'll probably already be out. So uh, that's that about does it here. We thank you so, so very much for listening. And we will talk to you soon. 